Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. Hosted by the editors of Writer's Digest, this monthly podcast features conversations with writing and publishing experts whose insights will help ignite your creative vision, hone your skills, build your platform, and get your work out into the world. Welcome to Writer's Digest Presents. I'm Editor-in-Chief Amy Jones, alongside Editor Michael Woodson. Today we are talking all about adaptations, and we've called on the Editor-in-Chief of our sister magazine, Script, to join us. We're very excited to have Sadie Dean here with us today. Hey, Sadie. Hello. So happy to be here. Uh, we're very excited to have you. Yeah. Um, let's start with the basics. What, At the surface level, what are adaptations? Uh, yeah, surface level. I mean, adaptations are basically adapted works of either fiction, nonfiction. I mean, in this sense, what we're talking about, I, I think we're really going to focus on the TV and film world. Um, so, you know, you think of your bestsellers out there, those usually get adapted first. And, um, you know, they're not straight, you know, page adaptations to screen because that is just impossible. Um, but, uh, you know, it's really the essence of that story or characters that get adapted and basically what we see either in a TV series, limited series, or even, you know, big movies, franchises, mm -hmm. you know, think of like films like Jurassic Park, um, Lord of the Rings, James Bond. I mean, I'll start from a book, right? So kind of in a nutshell, that's, that's our, our adaptation world. Um, and there's so many nuances that we could go into and, and what that looks like too. At Writer's Digest, we talk a lot about like the craft of writing a book. And I'm I'm just curious from your perspective about <laughs> the craft of adapting a book. What do you think makes an adaptation a good ad adaptation? How faithful to the source material do you think a screenwriter needs to be? Yeah, that's a really great, great question. You know, I, I have never adapted a, a book before, but I've spoken with a lot of writers who have. And especially, you know, in the last 10 years, we've seen definitely like a boom in, in those, you know, adaptations, especially with streaming, right? Like Netflix and, and Hulu kind of have a stronghold on that. Um, you know, having spoken with so many of these writers who do it so well, my question is always, how do you do it? And mm -hmm. what are you, you know, essentially, what are you diving into? And usually the biggest takeaway is, you know, they're, they're, trying to adapt the essence of the book. They're mm -hmm. not going to do a straight ad adaptation because we've seen a lot of movies or TV shows where, you know, you're a big fan of the book and you're like, this isn't true to the source material. And, and it, you know, frankly, I don't think it should be. Um, I think it should be your interpretation of, of that material. Mm -hmm. um, and there's so many, uh, you know, great interviews, you know, what you can find in script, but, you know, a lot of them also say it's like, it, it comes down to, what about that material that they connected to personally? And that's what they, you know, really like dive into and focus on. So it could be a character, it could be the theme, mm -hmm. it could be the world, it could be the setting, whatever it is. And they really dive into that and focus on that. And of course the book comes into play and you'll have those favorite moments. Um, you know, a, a movie, of, you know, that's about to come out of, you know, the second part, which is Dune. I feel like that one is a pretty faithful adaptation, especially this newer version. Of course, there's the David Lynch one, which is David Lynch. Special. Yeah. <laughs> it's very special and <laughs> unique in its own way. Um, but I feel like with this, this this latest adaptation, you know, that team, they were very faithful to the material. And I think they had to be because it's such mm -hmm. a very specific role and there's just so mm -hmm. much going on. But they made it 
in a way that's very digestible for those who've never even read the book and then make people excited to like, Hey, maybe I should read this and like really see what this is all about. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, kind of like wrap that all up. It's, I don't think you should be faithful entirely like a hundred percent to that material because, um, you're not going to get it right. The only person who's going to get it right is that author. Do you think genre plays a part in that at all? Like you mentioned Dune because it's so specific. That is, I think a really good point. And I think that like, maybe this is an over generalization, but I do think maybe I noticed like fantasy sci-fi stuff are like to a faithful, to a T to the source material. Whereas things that are maybe less genre specific, there's more freedom to be, uh, to adapt really. Yeah, I, I think you've totally like hit the nail on the head there because I think there's such a huge fan base already behind those books, especially in the sci-fi fantasy world that you kind of have to be, you know, beholden to that source material. Um, and I feel like those those fans were kind of the most like, yeah. I wouldn't say obnoxious, but they're very like, <laughs> they, will, they will find you and <laughs> yes, let you know. Yes, my expectations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so there's like something you have to deliver on that end to right, for the audience. But it's also, you know, I think like sci-fi and fantasy, you see so much of that being adapted because of the IP and the lakes mm-hmm. that it has and that it can have that. And there's such, you know, big worlds that you can explore in that way too, either through TV or film. Um, but there's a lot to play with, but, you know, obviously I think a lot of the writers, if they're not the authors themselves are like trying to take creative liberties, but also stay as faithful yeah. as possible to that material. Mm-hmm. So these days in terms of like the business and what actually gets made are adaptations easier to get made to film or TV shows than original scripts? because they might have a track record behind them? Mm. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, easier, yes. I mean, it's, it's really hard to make anything, but I think because of the IP, that is something that is really, you know, enticing for a producer or studio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those, the best-selling authors are definitely going to get first pick, um, you know, and get some notoriety or people are interested in their material. Um, and usually, you know, uh, again, like sci-fi fantasy, that's usually going to be a big one too. But in terms of like easy to make, I mean, it's a lot of money and you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're taking a huge chance on this being a, you know, working out. And I think that especially in the last decade, we've seen a lot of that um, with novels in streaming for TV. Right. I think, you know, mm-hmm. they do like limited series because you can only do so much <laughs> unless if there's like, you know, a sequel or a prequel to the book. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, the other cool thing also is that there's a lot of material being adapted by authors that are actually still alive and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. are younger and who are excited by the TV or film world and want to, you know, dive into that world of storytelling as well. So you kind of have a leg up there too mm-hmm. um but it, it comes down to ip i think if you're a writer mm-hmm. you're an author you already have a leg up and if you could write a screenplay and you could adapt it yourself that's great too or just yeah. find a really solid team to come on board and and just you know hope that you can get it made um yeah. i i was actually just listening to a a talk with a really <clears throat> great producer out there in the tv world and 
he was talking about adaptations and how, you know, should writers be adapting other people's work, you know, in your favorite book or whatever it is. And he's like, you know, if you want a chance at actually getting the rights to adapt someone's book, go for someone who is not on the best-selling author list, you know, someone who's more underground um, because they're, they're more likely to take a chance on you um, mm-hmm. and adapting their work. And I mean, you're taking a chance on them too. So it's exciting for book parties. Um, yeah. It's not going to equal to getting made, but you know, there's a chance. Um, I'm also interested in this like definition of an adaptation and we're in the midst of award season for film and television. And there's a lot of, I, I, from my perspective, there's been a lot of talk this year about like what constitutes an original screenplay versus an adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. For me, this started last year when at the Academy Awards, um, Glass Onion and Top Gun Maverick were both nominated for adapted screenplay, which I have thoughts. Like, I'm just like, why? But uh, allegedly, it's because they were, quote, based on, like, characters that already existed because of the movies that came before. But the stories themselves were completely original. Mm-hmm. And this year, uh, Barbie is nominated for Adapted Screenplay because Barbie, of course, exists. But, mm-hmm. uh, again, the story is not based on anything. What are your thoughts on this? It is such a fine line. I, I can understand why they would you know put it as an adaptation an adapted source because of the ip and the branding mm-hmm. but it is definitely 100 an original yeah. story and a point of view that greta and noah brought to it um and then you know going to like maverick or glass onion yeah it's, it's based off of other characters that mm-hmm. were in other movies so there there is that fine line i mean they're not adapted from books. I think there's like, there's just, you have to kind of be uh, very direct in like what you are adapting or what it is. Because right. there's so many things that you could adapt. You could adapt true stories, you could adapt exactly. articles, you could adapt short stories. So I don't, I think it's just such a fine line. Um, and with the Oscar stuff, I mean, we can, that's like a whole other episode. We could yeah. go on about that. It's just, I mean, Greta should, they should be across the board nominated for everything yeah um and i don't think adapted screenplays should be you know their category for this year right. but they got something so yeah yeah because yeah. one of my favorite movies this year was past lives and the screenplay is written from pulled from the writer and director's life and so i'm just mm-hmm. like to your point like where do we stop with this definition because like is that adapted from her real life? Like, right. you know what I mean? Right. And Celine Song, she's an <clears throat> author as well. So you would think like, you right. know. <laughs> um, I'd also say probably, and I could be wrong here, but in the last maybe like 15 years, we've seen an increase in TV adaptations of, of books and other things, but for our conversation books versus movie adaptations, sometimes full series adapting mm-hmm. a single book. I think of, um, uh, oh gosh, what's, what's Margaret Atwood? Um, yes um to you what are the benefits of using tv as the medium for adaptations versus film and what are some of the drawbacks yeah good question uh benefits for for going to tv especially with something like handmaid's tale is that Mm -hmm. you just have more time to really explore those roles really develop the characters and secondary characters and maybe even take those creative liberties 
and making, you know, additional, you know, stories, C stories, D stories, and, you know, plot lines that you're going to follow uh, throughout that, that season and kind of sets you up for other seasons as well. If that's your, if that's the plan, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's mini series or limited series as well. Um, I think, you know, a drawback is that if you were, you know, to take, I don't, I, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but sometimes a book doesn't need to be adapted into a TV show. And right. sometimes it doesn't need to be adapted into a film. It should just be what be it is. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, there's, there's always going to be naysayers of like, this should have never been done. I, I keep thinking of like, when I was in high school, like life of pie, like that mm-hmm. was such a big book. And then when it was adapted, people were like, I can't believe they did this and this isn't faithful to the material. And it's like, yeah, but you have to make it visual and totally. like compelling in some way. And it's such a like internal journey for this character. Like you can't make that cinematic. So I could see why David McGee like took those those mm-hmm. liberties to do that. But um, I mean, everyone's going to have, mm-hmm. you know, an opinion on what should be adapted and not adapted or what's good or not good. But I mean, I think, you know, TV is the way to go. For a lot of books because you just you get to have fun and yeah. really explore those characters and like again it's like that essence of the book what drew you into it what about those characters that you're just like i have to dive into this world and really explore this and you know speaking of the handmaid's tale i've spoken to bruce miller a couple of times mm-hmm. and you know he's a straight white guy writing about <laughs> women in turmoil and you know, obviously you've like, this guy has no connection to this, but he, you know, he was obsessed with the material right. and really a passion about it and about telling, you know, the story and the fact that Margaret Atwood was, you know, is still alive and can yeah. speak to him and he can go to her and say, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And she's like, go for it. You know, and did, you know, he gets that blessing from her. I think that's really cool. And now he's, you know, making the testaments and he's doing other stuff, which is really cool. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of pros and cons, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I hadn't heard he was doing the testaments. That's exciting. I Very missed that cool. announcement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier, which is um, you were commenting about who is doing the adaptation and um how common is it for writers to adapt their own Mm. work as opposed to someone else doing it for them? Like I can't just go and pick a book and adapt it. I'm sure there are all kinds of permissions and rights involved in that. But, and then on the other side of things, I'm thinking if I were a writer, I feel somewhat protective over what I'm writing and I would want to be the one to do it, but I'm also not a screenwriter and have no idea (laughs) what the heck I'd be doing. Same. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's pretty common, uh, especially in this day and age, um, that a lot of authors are adapting their own work uh, because they have that interest. And again, it's like that that whole exploration of storytelling and, and flexing that other muscle. Um, and then there's some authors who just team up with really brilliant writers yeah. and showrunners that can take that and that they can be with, you know, they could be a partner and equal collaborator on that project um, to really make sure that the the material is still true to its form and, you know, they're getting the gist of what they're trying, the authors, you know, their intentions were on the page and that the showrunner mm-hmm. or TV writer can, mm-hmm. can, you know, fully, you know, adapt that and express that. 
Um, I, I keep thinking of the show. Uh, oh my goodness, what is it called? Tiny Beautiful Things. Oh yes. I say. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she adapted that, and she was very. Oh, she, she was very. Uh, yeah, she was very in in converse, much in conversation with Cheryl um, during that whole adaptation process, but also like bringing her into the writer's room and having Cheryl, you know, share, you know, what, you know, what that character is going through or what she was, you know, you know, what was the big turning point in this, this moment for her and yeah. this point of her life and how that reflects into the season or just that episode. Um, so, you know, I don't think she actually wrote any episodes, but she was definitely a, a very strong voice in the room. So I know a lot of authors do that too, and they yeah. they they kind of like that and being involved because you know you're not saying like okay you gave me the thing you gave me the book mm -hmm. you gave me the words on the page now go away. Right. I think if you have access to them, I think that is such a great tool mm -hmm. to have. And then yeah. who knows? Maybe Cheryl will write a screenplay or a TV show and be influenced and inspired to do that as well. Um, and I know a lot of authors also who are really talented TV writers as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So at what point should writers consider like actually working on writing an adaptation? Should it be before film rights are sold? If, if they're the novelist mm. and they're right, their film rights haven't been optioned. <laughs> Is that the right word? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, would it behoove them to work on Ad adapting their um, their novel so that those rights could be sold, or should they wait until things are moving along and the studio or producers um, decide that they are the right person to work on the adaptation? What are the yeah. logistics of that? Yeah, I think if you're an author and you're wanting to see your piece adapted, like you should totally give it a shot um, because it doesn't hurt you. You, you know, you have again, it's, you know, it's that IP. So like the more you have in your bucket to present, mm -hmm. the more options you have to sell that thing. And so it's like, you know, producers like, Hey, I love the book. We should, you know, find a writer adapt. And you're like, Hey, actually I wrote the screenplay. What do you yeah. think? And, you know, they could say like, Hey, this, you know, could use some work. Maybe they could bring another writer in to help you out or just you get hired to now rewrite it. Um, but you know, if there is a book that you've worked on that has those legs, um, and you are getting people sniffing around who want to option it, you know, say a studio or, or a pretty big producer. Um, I don't know. I think it just comes down to the business side of it. Like, do you want to wait for the check to clear and then mm -hmm. start working on it? You work yeah. that into your terms as well. If you're like, hey, actually, I want to be the writer that does the first pass on this, the script or the, you know, the TV pilot for this. Um, I, don't, I don't see why not. But I think, you know, having both in, in your, your arsenal, I think helps a lot. I know a lot of authors and screenwriters who do that. I know screenwriters who've adapted their own work into mm -hmm. a novel just so they have it because again, like IP is everything. And so if you have it and you have the rights to it, like it's, you know, under your ownership, the better off you are, I think. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I have like mixed opinions about like, who should be writing adaptations of work. Cause it's sometimes I think like, 
I'm as 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 a as a fledgling writer myself, like I I can recognize I'm too close to it, and so but I also recognize that like the I think um, where people get a little bit caught up in like oh they should have never done this, um, it can't be as good. We're confusing maybe like these are two different mediums, mm-hmm. and like it isn't supposed to. If it draws people to the book, that's awesome. I'm I don't care that it's different. It's it's being adapted. Um, and so in my head, I'm like, I would, I don't know if this is whatever, but I would want someone else to adapt my book, but I would want to say in who gets to do that, you know? So, um, so I guess my question, you, you've talked on this a little bit already, but like, if an author isn't adapting their book, do you have any advice for them on how to like, be okay with that really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you just got to be open to, the creative process, you know, someone else who's coming to that material may take something from it that you didn't even think of, you know, and you just have to be open to it. And if it, and you don't have to agree with everything and if you're just not comfortable with it, then, you know, you can move on. But, you know, it's, it's such a different beast uh, Mm -hmm. in the TV and film landscape, especially in what you, are allotted on the page, you know, with the novel, you guys get 300 pages, 500 mm-hmm. pages with the screenplay, you know, we max out at 120 pages and there's not a lot of text on that page. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with TV, you know, it could be anything from 30 pages to 60 pages and it changes here and there depending on where you are, but you're, you're only giving a limited amount of, of time and space to really tell that story. So you know, as an author, like, I really wish that we could really explore Jimmy's arc here. And it's like, well, Jimmy isn't really that important in this, in my, my version of telling the story, mm-hmm. but we could take Jimmy's arc and maybe put it into Sally's arc and kind of combine these characters because, you know, again, we just don't have the time mm-hmm. or the economy to like, <laughs> to make it all fit in, in one go. So that's kind of a thing where you just kind of have to be open to that. And I think it just makes you a better collaborator and I think totally. a storyteller too when once you like face the page again on the next thing and and if you have that opportunity to adapt again then you're like okay this is what I went through last time this is what I learned and this is how I would do it differently yeah and for sure you get to choose your collaborators and and all that so nice yeah so Sadie you talked a lot about um you know these adapt these people that you've interviewed for adaptations what kind of work have you done on adaptations if any and if so, what was the process like? Yeah, so I haven't done an outright adaptation of a book novel. Um, I did have interest in a short story that I was really drawn to in my mm. early 20s by um, an author, Tobias Wolf. And um, I was like, I'm going to make this and it's going to be the greatest thing ever. And so I, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was like, I'll just email the publisher. This is easy. And I'll start going and I emailed them and they never wrote back. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then I kind of just gave up on that. And I was like, well, that's that. Um, but I have adapted in terms of uh, a true story from, from oh. someone who hired me to do that. Um, and it was all just from them telling me stories about their life and going on wow. trips with them around town and just taking a lot of notes and stuff. Um and that was a really interesting experience. Um, and again, like distilling, you know, 
a year long story into 120 pages you're just like okay what am I picking here what's the most important Mm -hmm. thing um but I would love to adapt a book but Mm -hmm. it just seems so like terrifying because Mm -hmm. you don't want to like mess it up right Mm -hmm. and you want to like be as true and you know like authentic to the material as possible but also put as much of yourself into it which is also really terrifying too so um so yeah to answer your question yes and no I have not (laughs) adapted (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting I'm curious about that perspective of like wanting to and and then being afraid to um because you want to like be faithful to the source material but don't want to put your own spin on it because um I I I am actually like very nervous to say this because I don't want people to be mad but like I'm not the kind of person who always thinks that the book is better than the adaptation (laughs) um I think some I think often of course it is but I mean I came to writing because I wanted to be um in film I wanted to be a screenwriter and the one I started thinking about like what I liked about movies it was like the thing that always came back to me was like I love a good story and so then I realized, oh, I read a lot. Maybe I'll try to be a writer of books. And I still want to be a screenwriter. But I think that has offered me a little bit of the perspective of like, um, if a book that I love gets made into a movie that is so good, but so different than the book, like, I don't care, usually. Um, right. They get to be two separate things for me that I get to enjoy. Um, and so I'm just wondering, are there any ad- adaptations that you think that you can think of that you think are personally better than the source material and if not better maybe just as good as and i have a few too if you want if you want us to get yeah no i I actually i made some notes on this one because that was a good question uh i would say a recent one within the last year uh daisy jones and the six i thought the the show was better than the book but i think they're both equals in their own right i think the way that she wrote it was very straightforward interview style. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do you yeah, tell you these stories? Adapt. How do you, yeah, how do you break down these characters? And like, there's so many layers there that she didn't really go into, mm-hmm. which is, you know, is interesting. And then how they took that, that source material and then made it into this thing that it is in mm-hmm. terms of just going into, you know, making it visually engaging, obviously, mm-hmm. that world, that time period, those characters. And then on top of that, like, writing original music and lyrics that go and you know coincide with the basically that that essence of that book as well mm-hmm. that taylor oh, that's, true. Yeah, that's important um so yeah i you know i i like the book but i like the show better because oh, i just i like that she that they as a team really just dived into those characters mm-hmm. and that world and i'm such a big fan of just that time period and that music mm-hmm. scene so it's like oh okay that's really cool like just the homages that they they had in there as well mm-hmm. um, can i just jump in with a question yeah. about that real quick because um i i did really i haven't seen the adaptation the show of that but i did read the book and in my mind as i was reading it i was like this is like a vh1 special right um mm. You know, behind the scenes, what what yeah, was that? One behind the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in my mind, it was like, as I was reading it, it was a documentary in my head. Right. Totally. Like on VH1. Um, so did Taylor Jenkins Reid have? Did she work on the show? 
on the yeah, she was. Yeah, I don't remember if she was an actual writer, but I know she was a consultant and she was a producer on it. Nice. She okay. had a lot of say in it uh, yeah. with that team. And, uh, and you know, they did stay true to that style of like that VH, VH1 documentary style, but they also broke out into going into the stories and showing that world. So that was okay. what I really enjoyed about that. It's yeah. like, okay, it's not just talking head interviews of where are they now? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, they build up to, I don't want to give any spoiler, you know, spoilers for the end, but of just building up to that last, that last moment. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, this like hits so differently now. Yeah. You know, as opposed to what you read on the page in the book. Yeah. That's so cool. Thank you for the reminder. I'm going to add that to my list. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really good soundtrack. So get ready for a lot of earworms on that one. All right. (laughs) Yeah. One that came to mind for me kind of immediately was um normal people because I really liked the book normal people I it wasn't I didn't think it was you know the book of my generation which is a lot of uh, reviews called it I but I liked it I thought it was good um and then I was like inconsolable watching the miniseries it was just so emotional um and In my opinion, that's what they made the biggest difference with it was like the book was very cold to read. I don't know if Mm -hmm. either of you read it, but um, the just was like emotionless and and like you really don't like these people and you're like, just don't be together. Like, just don't. That's (laughs) like that's an easy choice. Um, But the show made it seem like that's impossible. Like they Mm -hmm. are soulmates and they can't be together. And um like it's like it was one of those things where like I think about it like once a week I'm just like god that was so good I'm so glad that someone adapted it because it makes me like appreciate the book a lot more than I did after I'd read it like the the show was so good that I it made me think the book was better yeah was it uh Alice Birch that oh I don't know that I'm not sure I think that was she's phenomenal uh yeah I think she she adapts a lot of that author's work um I, I one book and movie that I think that are equal in terms of just being a great read and a great movie, the uh, 1970 adaptation of Catch Twenty Two. Like the book oh. is great as it as it is. It's you know Joseph Heller is phenomenal, and then that adaptation by Mike Nichols and team is yeah, just I love Mike Nichols so good. I haven't watched the Hulu adaptation with George Clooney, but. I don't know. I kind of don't want to, yeah. Because I have, I have the Mike Nichols <laughs> version, but yeah. I think if those two are just like, it's one of those things that like it kind of tra- stayed true to the source mm-hmm. because of just how zany it is. Um, but they also took those creative liberties of just like really taking it up another another notch and and that zaniness. Um, so you mentioned Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, what are some other recent adaptations that you've watched and enjoyed or that you've watched and think have done something interesting that hmm. the source material couldn't do? Yeah, that's a good question. I There's so many books that I haven't read that are being adapted right now that mm-hmm. definitely after watching the show, and I was like, okay, now I have to read the yep. book. Um and one of those would be, uh, it came out uh, end of last year called Black Cake. Uh, oh, and yeah. Jason Red mm-hmm. adapted that. And it's just such a phenomenal, beautiful show. And I can only imagine what that book is yeah. like, what that read is like. I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't think I'm emotionally ready to go there <laughs> with it. Totally. <laughs> just yet. It's one of those things where you're like, all right, I need, I need, I need a moment. Uh, but I think, you know, her 
her process too and just adapting she again was like just so obsessed with material that it just really translated and where she was at her her point in life as well and how it, it just spoke to her I think it just yeah. totally translates and resonates on screen um a book that I did read uh, after seeing the movie was Nomadland oh, and yeah. that yeah. one was really interesting because uh the book the book is phenomenal but it's not the story that we see on mm. screen wow. and Chloe Zhao takes some really interesting creative liberties and taking this perspective of this woman, you know, being a nomad and, yeah. and traveling around in her van, but she took these secondary characters and made that the main character. Mm. And you're seeing all this happen through Francis's character. And uh, I just thought it was really clever what she did there and what she was able to like, yeah. portray from this book this source material into making it you know the the oscar nom that it was yeah um so that was one that i really enjoyed i'm trying to think there's just so much yeah that everything's being adapted everything's yeah. being adapted mm-hmm. um i mean there's you know books or shows that are like you know based on or influenced by like i just watched um lawmen uh bass reeves and that's mm-hmm. from Paramount. Um, and that's, you know, based on a book um, in that historical context. But I mean, I think I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael Crichton. So like anything yeah. that's, you know, adapted from his stuff, it's, I don't know, it's a hit or miss. I mean, obviously totally. Jurassic Park is iconic. Is classic. iconic. It's yeah. the book. It's, my, it's in my top great. four on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. And the book is so good. It's and so different. It's so different, but it, again, it's just what they pulled from it is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. But I, I, I would say like his other works that they've adapted, I don't think are as good. Like to- Timeline, I, yeah. I think Timeline is just Oh, what a adaptation. bummer. I was so excited for Timeline <laughs> right? too. I, I like, um, uh, I, stubbornly was like, this is good. Right. Because I just wanted to speak. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amy, what was the one you were just telling me about that you just um, watched? The other black girl. Yeah. Oh, I've heard that oh, so yeah. good. Yeah, that's another really great one. Yeah. yeah, and those writers that they also got to work with the author as well and have mm-hmm. her be in the room and, and help out, um, and just their approach to that world too is just it's so cool. And, and again, it's one of those books where I'm like, I really want to read this, but I don't know oh, yeah. if, I, right. if I'm emotionally ready. Totally. <laughs> after, after watching that show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and. So I, it's been so like I read that book right when it first came out. Yeah. So it's been a few years, a couple at least a couple of years since I read it. So I can't quite remember how faithful the adaptation is mm-hmm. to the book. But um, so I, I can't necessarily comment on like the script or what it did differently. But mm-hmm. I thought the actors really brought something extra to mm-hmm. their performances. Like seeing, there's a lot of cringeworthy behavior in that book um that takes place at this publishing house (laughs) and and the performances of that behavior like seeing it in action it like i physically cringed it was (laughs) so uncomfortable which is i think an awful lot of the point yeah um but going back to black cake that's one that i do want to watch but i haven't read the book yet and this is i think where i fall short um is i almost always want to read the book 
and do read the book before I will watch the totally. show. Um, so there's, you know, tons that I just haven't watched because I haven't ha- I haven't read the book yet. Right. Okay. Two things come to mind immediately. The first one is the movie The Hours, which was like huge yes. for me, my favorite growing mm-hmm. up. And I loved it so aggressively that I didn't mm-hmm. want to read the book because I was like, this book movie means too much to me that I like, mm-hmm. I don't want to not like it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want you know, like them to get something wrong. And I, before we started recording, I mentioned that when I had COVID, the last thing I remember was reading the hours. And I, is like my greatest regret is that I waited so long to read it because it's just like an incredible adaptation of that mm-hmm. book. And the book is, because it's like so beautiful, the movie is so beautiful, but his writing style is so gorgeous mm-hmm. that like you get a different kind of beautiful. It doesn't, you don't compare them really. And then another one is recent, Josh and I had been putting off watching Lessons in Chemistry because I just really want to read that book. And we were with friends a couple weeks ago who had, who it's like one of their favorite books of the last several years. And they had started it and they were really disappointed with like some differences. But I'd read really good things about the show. And so I was like, you know what? Let's watch it because I want to like the show. And if I read the book, I pr- I'm going to have problems with the show. So if I like the show, I'm going to then definitely read the book. And I loved the show. Um, and so now I'm just like, okay, I'm going to read the book and I'll see like uh, what the differences are. But I think, in my opinion, we have more of a possibility of liking both if we watch the adaptation first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you say that because with The Hours, I did the exact opposite as you. I saw the film and I loved it so much that I immediately drove, like after it was over, I drove across the street to the Barnes and Noble and the book (laughs) happened. It was on a display table right there with Mrs. Dalloway. And I bought them both and it literally changed the course of my life. But that was, you know, that's something I didn't think about with adaptations is it introduced me to a writer. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. That I wasn't familiar with before. Yeah, for sure. And it made such an impact on my yeah. life being introduced to that writer, which you can read about in the January, February issue of Writer's Digest. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think of uh, like an author that comes to mind in a book that I, I, I feel like I read the book first, but I can't remember. It's so long ago, but Amy Tan's Toilet Club, like, mm-hmm. Oh, both are just so phenomenal. Yes. And like you watch the movie and they're like, well, obviously I have to read the book. Yes. Or you read the book. You're like, well, obviously I have to watch the movie. Um, but it's that's, I think that's just what's so cool about storytelling, you know, across the board. Yeah, it's, totally. You just get so excited to dive into one or the other. And mm-hmm. we, you know, can make more TV and, and movies based off of books and it gets more people, especially the yeah, younger absolutely. generation to go to your local bookstore and, right. and buy that book. Like mm-hmm. I am all for it. Absolutely. One feeds the other. Like I think people are reading more now than we have in years. And like statistically, I think that's true. And I think like the more we adapt those things, they'll go see the movie and then mm-hmm. it just continues. Yeah. I was reading a, a, a statistic uh, put out by um, it's called uh, the article was like impact of book publishing on the film industry. And mm-hmm. I'll send you guys the link, but it, uh, the, the author said that the films based on books make up 70% of the top grossing films worldwide. So like, if you wow. just like think of that number, which is insane, but just thinking of like, if you're an author and your stuff gets adapted, mm-hmm. just oh yeah, how much, you know, just, you know, money you can make off of that. And then just like your book being, you know, yeah. sold again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being front and center. And then just 
the legacy you can get off of that. It's just, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. So are there any books um, that you would, or I guess IP that you would love to see adapted that you just could envision being really successful or that you personally just want to see on the big screen? Yeah. yeah. Um, one that that's just been a dream and I know they've done it several times. Um, but I think we, with technology now, there's just a lot more creative t- capabilities, but, uh, the phantom toll booth just oh, yeah. having grown up on that. And I've, I think I have like three copies that I've right. bought over the years just because why not? Um, I think that just would be such a great either TV series or just standalone film. Yeah. Um, it's just such a fun read and just that world is so, mm-hmm. is so cool. Um, and then another one that is just so bizarre and I just love the character because he's so unlikable, but also lovable is a, a confederacy of dunces. Um, it's just such a weird book, but it's just, I, I think they're, there's always someone circling that book and looking to adapt mm-hmm. it. So hopefully, hopefully it happens in yeah. my lifetime. Cause I think that's just, you know, for an actor to play that character, mm-hmm. I think would have a riot. So those are definitely like the top two that always come to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Michael, what about you? Oh, it's hard. Cause I, I, I'm reading a book right now. That's actually like, Oh, well, I'm hating it, but I can, I like, (laughs) it reads like he just wants it to be adapted into something. And so I can recognize like, okay, this would probably make a decent adaptation. Um, But books that I want to be adapted. Oh, that's hard. That's really hard, actually, because. There was one that I I feel like we talked about together. Was, did we talk about wanting Big Gay Wedding? Oh, I would love Big Gay Wedding to be uh, adapted. Thank you for saying that. Actually, yes, Big Gay Wedding, (laughs) The Gunkle, I would love The Gunkle to be adapted. I would love Less by Andrew Sean Greer to be adapted. Yes. Um, It's interesting you say that, actually, because, like, I can be kind of a bummer reader. Like, my my books I read aren't (laughs) a, a load of laughs, but, like, those are really lovely books. And um, those tend to be my favorite adaptations, actually. Well, now that I think about it, like Crazy mm-hmm. Rich Asians, I didn't love the book, but I loved that movie. I thought it was such a good adaptation. Um, but yeah, Big Gay Wedding would be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, because you read, both of you read so much. Um, like, what is it about those books that you're like, I can, I would want this adapted? Like, mm-hmm. what is it about those books, if anything specific, that you're just like, um, you know, see yourself in the character or mm-hmm. whatever it may be thematically, or just like, this is just going to be a big party on screen and I want to go to there totally. and just see it happen. And I'm just curious, just from like that reader, mm-hmm. you know, a very ver- ferocious reader <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I think all of what you just said plays into it for me. Also, um, when I read books, they are like a movie in my head. Right. Which is, I think, and I guess some people don't, have a movie in their head when they're reading books but that's the way it works for me so when i get a very vivid movie in my head um as i'm reading and i forget the i'm actually that there are words on the page and i just see what i'm reading Mm -hmm. um i think that's when i want to see an adaptation which doesn't help you at all 
<clears throat> it doesn't help other screenwriters or people who are going to if I can see it at it. all. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think because I do that, I can picture certain actors totally acting out certain scenes. And like in the case of Big Gay Wedding or The Gunkle or Less, those comedic elements, like I am dying for a good rom-com right now. Totally. A good like, rom-com. Yeah, I really want I want the days of a rom com a month Slip in the Seattle, theater to come back. Mail. Yes, yes, yes. I agree completely. <laughs> so basically, what we need to do is just resurrect Nora Ephron from yes. the grave for many reasons. Happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm. I, oh, I wish I had more time to think about this, but like the in thinking about this right now if i think about books that while i'm reading it i'm like god i would love to see this as a movie it has to it has to do with like what the characters are doing and how they're affecting my reading experience and wanting to see those relationships play out on screen in some way because my favorite book of all time is fates and furies by lauren groff and i think that that's an unadaptable book and i don't want them to try because (laughs) um it's so complicated. I'm not saying any no one could do it, but I don't. I just think it works best as a book, and mm-hmm. and there are um, elements of like Big Gay Wedding and the Gunkle that are so visual that uh, and and are interpersonal that like I really want to see those scenes play out in particular with an audience around me because I do love mm-hmm. going to the theater and having that shared experience because reading is very singular. Like I'm mm-hmm. like I'm in a book club, but we're reading alone and then we get together to talk about it i love going to the theater and like experiencing a movie with other people yeah yeah totally and another book i uh to go back to like another book that i'd love to see adapted <clears throat> which i'm happy to say is going to be adapted <clears throat> excuse me fairly soon um that just you know after reading the book just again like emotionally left me in pieces but uh mm-hmm. song of solomon tony Maris- oh, yes. morrison's book i mean that first page like i was just like i had a close it because I was just already crying. I was like, oh my God, this is already pulling out my heartstrings. But um, that one is actually in the works of being adapted by nice. uh, yeah. the writer uh, Marcus uh, Geardley, who did The Color Purple, the latest adaptation. I loved the newest um, Color Purple. So he's doing that. So I'm super excited. I'm like, this is the perfect writer yeah. to totally do this. And Tony gave him his her blessing wow. for that So before she passed. So that one I'm wow. really excited for. Um, there's one more that uh, well, no, there are two more that I've thought of that I would love to see yeah. turned into. Um, well, one's a film. One would I think would be great as a film. The other I could see as a as a show potentially. Um, the House of Doors by Tan Tuan Eng. Um, I think it would be such a beautiful period piece. Mm, love um, those. Yeah, and I could see, like I'm envisioning. Um, um Meryl Streep okay from like you know the 80s so whoever mm-hmm. that would be now <laughs> in this her daughter beautiful... probably yeah I would say her daughter yeah her daughters <laughs> one of her daughters <laughs> in this period piece I think it would be um very I think it would be beautiful and wow. um and probably emotional which I think is what I love and hate about adaptation. Mm. Like, I don't want to cry in the theater, but I do. Can I say? Sorry, before you I, – I will forget if I don't say this right now. Um, when Josh and I went and saw Room, the adaptation of the book Room. I won't we were, say You one, saying yeah. you don't want to cry in front of people? Like, Yeah. I was crying so hard watching that movie in theaters that Josh had to, like, touch me and say, you're shaking the row. 
<laughs> I was like, cool, got it. Let's leave. <laughs> yeah, so that's 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 a uh, book and movie. I yeah, I don't think I could bring myself. Yeah, to... I'm good. It was incredible, but and I'm done with it. Sorry, Amy, you had a yeah. One. No, there there are certain ones that I will wait until they are available for me to watch and cry in the comfort of my own home. Yeah, absolutely. Without with other people. Yeah, <laughs> with my cats. <laughs> um, the other one is the Nina Knight trilogy by um, Yasmin Ongo. Oh, yeah. Um, she has, she spoke at the Writer's Digest conference and has, um, has a piece in a, a magazine, an upcoming issue. But that is a wild political thriller series. And I think it is so action packed. I would love mm. to see like, um, uh, what's the one with the tall guy from the office um oh uh, jack yeah yeah like i could see it being an action series kind of in that vein not that i watched all of that or really any of it but i've seen the trailers (laughs) (laughs) um but i just i love the characters and i love the situations that she gets into and i would love to see them acted out to see how she gets out of them yeah for sure yeah no, I, speaking of actors, I, it's just a thought, and I'm sure people have done it, but, you know, a lot of actors, you know, have production companies mm-hmm. and are producers in their own right. I mean, you know, if you have the right representation and you have mm-hmm. someone in mind for, you know, one mm-hmm. of your characters, it doesn't hurt to try to slip them that manuscript mm-hmm. or that book and, and get them attached. Um because then you have better chances of getting that thing made. And usually they'll be more gung-ho because those characters are usually very rich and complex and like what mm-hmm. actor doesn't want to do that. So just some some tip there for yeah. people who are trying to get in. But make sure you know, don't do it unsolicited and make sure you right. have a good team behind yeah. you before you before No, you that's that. a good point. Because you're, especially, I think a lot of, immediately Reese Witherspoon comes to mind because her mm-hmm. whole thing is adapting books. And like, even to your point, like just if you're, if, if someone's getting published and maybe they're like starting their campaign, like just tell them, I think this would work really well with Reese. Like they could send an arc to them, you know, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing too. So I can, think... I, can I ask you guys a yeah. question? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious because you guys are both writers as well. And probably in the midst of, of writing your, your big opus, whatever that may be. Um, <laughs> As you're as you're writing it, and once and once it's all said and done, and you got it published, is there a writer or filmmaker out there that you would just love to take a take a crack mm-hmm. at adapting your work? I actually think about this all of the time, and um, so I also think that like I. I think other people should tell me these things about me, you know, like I shouldn't say I'm nice. Other people should say I'm nice sort of thing. Like, <laughs> so like I know who I would want or I have an idea of the kind of person I would want, but it's mostly like, I want them to do it the way they did this movie. Like mm. um, I'm theoretically working on something and in my head, I'm like, I want Sofia Coppola to, to do this the way that she did Lost in Translation, like specifically. Um, but I also think someone else should read my work and be like, this person would be really good for it. Cause I'm like, of course I want Sofia Coppola to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I will admit I have 
given zero thought <laughs> to that kind of question. Um, yeah. Well, how would you describe what you're working know. The, the, your, what you did for NaNoWriMo? If you could put it in a genre, what would it be? Um, well, it has changed an awful lot since then. And it is now as two separate things because it was too much of a mashup Mm. and that was not going to work. So there's one that's like kind of historical Mm -hmm. fiction and one is, um, like dystopia kind of a thing. And at one point they were together and that's not, it was not working. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> it was trying to shove too much in at once. So, um, I don't know. I think I loved Station Eleven. Love. Oh my gosh, Amy, that's so weird you said that. So I could see we're, one of them being like that kind of style. We're in the middle of rewatching that right now. Are you? Yeah, that's one of my favorite. That is an yeah. incredible adaptation. Yeah, it is. So on on very rare occasions, I've seen like almost reverse adaptations, or I guess it could be called like a novelization where a TV show Mm -hmm. or a film has been turned into books because the show or the film was popular. And I guess maybe now that I'm thinking about it, I've seen it more in the children's area. Mm -hmm. Like that happens very frequently, I think in the kids area. Um, But the one adult example that I can think of, and this is going back a decade probably, um, was the TV show Castle. And I mean, it was a TV show, but the main character, Richard Castle, was a mystery writer. And so when that show took off, there then became these novels written by Richard Castle. And it was written by someone else. I I don't know who. Um, Does that kind of thing happen a Hmm. lot where there's a unique um, or an original and then it's turned into a novel or novels? Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of a lot off the top of my head, but like a big one, I would say, is like Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. There's been yeah. a lot of books, especially yeah. in the YA and children's, you know, books as well. Um, I think just because it's such a big world that you get Huge. to play within all these characters, and a lot of those mm-hmm. authors ended up being TV writers or screenwriters mm-hmm. for Star Wars because they now had like insider mm-hmm. knowledge of these worlds that they like created inside that world. Um, yeah, I'm sure it happens all the time. Um, I mean, I feel like, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like kind of say like where fan fiction comes into play where oh, people yeah. are getting a lot of, again, mm-hmm. like those creative liberties of like taking their favorite show and, and then, you know, turning mm-hmm. that into their own little short stories or, or whatever it may be totally. because they love those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wish I had more like concrete examples of shows or, or movies but i'm sure it happens all yeah. the time yeah. and we're just not really aware of it yeah the star wars example i think is perfect yeah josh loves I mean, those he's how a lot did of i them. miss that yeah same yeah, yeah. thank you sadie um, <laughs> no but that's a good question though amy because i remember reading <clears throat> like i um after the first ever not marvel cinematic universe but first spider-man movie with Tobey Maguire came out they did a I was obsessed with that. I was so obsessed with it, and it was so good. Um, it still is good. Those are yeah. I, even the emo one. It's fine. Oh well. <laughs> um, the it first two are incredible. Pass. Yeah, it gets a pass. <laughs> it does get a pass. You're right. <laughs> um, I was obsessed with the novelization of that, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's it's such an interesting backwards thing because then they they take creative liberties the other way because there were things that were in the book that weren't in the movie, and I was like. 
I was I was a teenager when I read it, but like I was just like, why why is this here? I didn't see that in the movie, but it, you know what I mean. And then the Rugrats movie when that came out, they also did it when I was quite young. They did a book version of that, and I loved that. And it was written from like Tommy Pickles's perspective, so it was like everything was misspelled. And he said it was like a wild book to give to kids because it was like not properly teaching kids how to read. But um, yeah, I do yeah. feel like that was huge for a while. Yeah, I I, was, I just thought of, uh, and this is a total throwback, but uh, Beavis and Butthead, they also Beavis did like a graphic novel mm-hmm. off of the show. And I remember like, I still have it. I'm like, this is the like most ridiculous thing, Absolutely. but I love it. Yeah. And I love these characters and they're terrible. And then the movie came out and I was like, oh my God, this is just like this overload. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. I, I think we're just like not so tuned to it because it's yeah. not like you know on your your best seller list but mm-hmm. i don't know I think and we're maybe not the target audience anymore yeah i think there's there's totally room for more of that too it's just yeah. again you're just you're you get to have fun yeah well this has been fun yeah i have loved this conversation Likewise. <laughs> thank you for taking the time um if people are if they're if the novelists or um short story writers who normally tune into the writer's digest punk podcast are now very interested in adapting their work to um, a script. How can people find out more and learn more from your magazine script? Yeah, so uh, you know, go to scriptmag.com. Uh, I, along with the, you know my wonderful contributors, have done a lot of interviews with a lot of big writers, from authors to, to screenwriters and TV writers, and adapting. And um, I think reading those interviews, you'll learn a lot. I think you know mm-hmm. reading. Um, screenplays based off of those adaptations you'll learn a lot um we also with our our store the writer store writerstore.com um we have a lot of on-demand webinars there about uh, adapting um true stories short stories books plays everything in between um and then we also have um i don't think we have anything coming up right now but we usually have classes that are now offered through writers digest university um, for adapting your your book into a screenplay and, and vice versa. Um, so there's a lot of resources, but yeah, definitely go to scriptmag.com. And um, we also have interviews just like uh, Tony McNamara, who did Poor Things, mm-hmm. which is nominated for, uh, you know, Best Adapted Screenplay. So, you know, and I think we're, well, I don't know. I'm crossing fingers, but we're hoping to get Greta on no way. as well Ooh. pretty soon too. So a lot of insight from them too, which has been really cool. So check those articles out and you'll definitely learn a lot. And then I coined him as the the adaptation whisperer, but David Mag- uh, McGee, who did Life of Pi and mm-hmm. um, the latest Little Mermaid and some other great adaptations, he had some really great insight when I spoke with him about just in, in terms of just how you approach adapting uh, a book and that source material and just his own process too. And oh, lovely. so you can learn a lot, but um, yeah, that's where you can find all that information and keep reading, just read more books and read more screenplays and you're going to learn a lot that way too. Thanks for listening to Writer's Digest Presents. Join us next month when we'll be catching up with Maisie Eddings, two years after she first appeared on the podcast, talking about her debut novel. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media at Writer's Digest or on our website, writersdigest.com. See you next time.